right, everybody. It is time for Off the Cuff Podcast. You are here live on what is currently oh, the mic. Are, are we recording? I am recording. Yeah. Shit. Hold on. <laughs> I texted you. I literally texted you. Get Audacity I, rolling. Oh, stop it. I did. Look at your text messages. <laughs> it's there. Why is it not working? Oh, here it is. I'm, we're good. We're good. <laughs> Crisis averted. <clears throat> again, again, uh, you're watching the Off the Cuff show or you are listening to the Off the Cuff show. If you're watching it, you're on the Mike the Cop YouTube channel and you are listening. It's just on whatever Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Just it is the show. <laughs> it's the sh- it's the show. The show's the show. I'm Mike. This is Dave. And we are not joined by our producer. We are we have been left to our own devices yet again because typical guys. We're committed. We're committed. Elijah, on the other hand, the producer, and I put that in massive air quotes, as big as these air quotes are leaving chemtrails. They're so big, like this just quotes like producer. But here I am. Really? What do we need him for at this point? We're here. We're alive. You're, you're absolutely right. And it's. It's disappointing. I, I just don't even know, man. Like, I'm not even, I don't know if I should even claim him as mine anymore. No, you know I, I mean? don't know. Like, yeah, I feel like I don't really want him either. So I don't know what's, I don't know. I don't know how we do this custody thing when yeah, neither, like neither of us want their dad DNA wants us now. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks. If you've, if you've left, I haven't checked ratings and reviews lately, but if you've left one, hey, we appreciate it. Thank sure you. Do. Um, yeah, we're just uh, two middle-aged men fumbling our way through the universe and giving our comments on things that are going on in the world week in and week out. We took last week off. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Yeah. Uh, I hope you celebrated what little freedom freedom you got left. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see. Tonight's show, we are going to talk about fact and fiction with this Sound of Freedom movie. Now, full disclosure, I don't think either one of us have gone to see this, correct? I, you haven't seen nope. it, right? I have not seen it, but I I was curious and stumbled into today a pretty in-depth article that we're just going to walk through about what what was kind of like Hollywoodized about the whole thing and what was true based on direct questions and information from the agent that this film was based off of so we're going to talk about that and then that led me to something else with a hashtag on twitter to another video of a professor and talking about the p word i don't even know what i can say on youtube and keep this video live because if you start talking about maps minor attractive persons if you start talking about that too much i don't know if we get cut off or if it gets banned or what goes on i don't know how it works Which, so and see this is why i have a bone to pick with you and we're gonna just i'm gonna just deal with this right now but right. our option is we could just take our whole show to twitter just like tucker did well i don't i don't have a problem with that but first of all bone pick okay right. pick the bone whatever it is um you okay so you sent me this this stuff in this article we really didn't have a subject right like we were just like ah, what do we do both of us are being a little bit on the lazy side today but not then, me i was proactive man i said no, this is no, what we, i wish we could do this let's do this yeah but 
you started out lazy, and then you come up with this really great topic. And that's my bone because I'm like, what do you, you, you opened up these weird fucking rabbit holes for me because you can't, so you bring up this topic that we're going to be uh, discussing. And then you're like talking about the minor attracted people, of course, like that's supposed to be acceptable. And, um, and then I started it going is, down that hole from, from that Twitter uh, feed or, or whatever. I don't even do Twitter. So, um, so now I'm thinking, <laughs> Oh my God, this could be a five part fucking series. Like you created this event and I started going down and I'm like, Oh my God, there's just so much information, so much to talk about. We're going to have to do a part two, three, four, and five. There's no doubt about it. So what started out as a <laughs> wow, mundane I, wow. Wednesday, you created this shit storm. That's going to wow. be like, we are going to, we are going to bring it to, to DC. We are bringing it. <laughs> we're taking this, to this all the way to the Supreme court. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we're talking about after a while. Like we're taking this all the way to Atlantis, baby. All the way. <laughs> yes. Well, what's this, uh, man, I hate that you pick a good subject. Sorry. You know, I'll, I'll try less hard next time. Thank you. You're welcome. So, uh what's this big news you said you said you've got big news i do three big things <clears throat> okay three, first three first of all things. i think everyone should know that dave invited me to his house to go into his swim spa you got a new swim spa i did and let the record reflect that only dave's wife got in the swim spa with me not dave Dave did not go in the swim spa. He talks about how awesome the swim spa is, but it wasn't awesome enough for Dave to get in. Yeah, who's going to be so the videographer, though? I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure. Also, our OnlyFans link is. <laughs> uh, I'm just not sure what was going on, Dave. Like, why did I drive? You know how long it took me to get through customs just to get to your place? I, I and do. by the time I got I there... Then you wouldn't even get in the swim spa with me. That's because I was, I thought I was going to drown because I had drank so much. I, I was <laughs> legitimately concerned for my safety. <laughs> Plus, like I said, somebody had to record. So, um, but that wasn't even the big news. Well, this, this is one of the big news is that my daughter is pregnant. That's why we invited Yay. all these people and we invited uh, the Edwards family. <clears throat> I don't know if we got to invite it out, but um, I, uh, but we wanted you guys to be there to help celebrate that. And, and it was the actually reveal party, too, because I had no idea that you can do a freaking blood test yep. uh, and well before 12 weeks and know what gender the baby's going to be. Although yep. technically you're still not allowed to pick it. Right. I mean, you, you got to let the child do that uh, when they're able to crawl. <clears throat> so, yes, as soon uh, as as soon as that <clears throat> child is able to. Say anything. If, or blink or even. yes yeah blink At once all. if you're a boy blink twice if you're a right. girl blink three times if you we, we, we can't say anything yet so in right. uh so, so now yeah, we're so, we're like uh dual grandpas man because it's gonna be crazy now both of our kids now i've already had some grandkids but i've got another one on the way different not not the upp that's not why he's he didn't skip this show because he knocked up his wife. He skipped the show because he's literally downstairs on the, I'm not kidding. He is downstairs on a couch watching TikToks with his wife, not doing anything. What he's not, he's, he told you he's moving 
and he lied. He is such a liar. So anyway, that's and that's why I didn't invite him. But anyway, okay, we're both it. we're both raging gilfs. <laughs> it, it's going to be great. This is my first grandkid. I'm super excited. It's going to be a little girl. Super super happy. That's the first news. The second and more important um, is that I got this new skull shaver thing, and the thing's freaking awesome. Joyce got How it for is me, that? <clears throat> dude. Holy crap, it's amazing. Uh, I just got been... it for, I think it was Father's Day, and, you know, she's a, she's a hero for it. Dude, look at this. Look at this scalp, baby. Does it, so, like, this is, like, two days here, and I have to, like, go, I, I use a, a razor, razor, but Dollar Shave Club. Never have to use a razor again, baby. Dollar Shave Club totally changed their, not only the razor, but they changed the handle, and it doesn't have like any weight to it, and it makes it really difficult to get a, oh. a good shave. So instead of once a week, now I'm having to like go over it like two or three times in a week, and yeah. I'm just getting so freaking tired yeah. of it. But your head does look shiny enough, so thank you. And it's been two what, days. What is it? What uh, what is? I, I need I need to know what this is. Uh, hey Joyce, I think she might still be on. Oh here. yeah, maybe she's in the chat. Yeah, Joyce, if you're on, let me know what uh, what brand it is. It's got a pit bull on it, <clears throat> so uh, it's dude, it is fantastic. I absolutely love the thing. Like I, every day you could you could shave with it every day. Like just get up and just it takes about about thirty seconds or less. And what you about like done. right behind the ears and stuff? That's usually like the t- the tough spot. Usually not a problem. Usually mm. not a problem at all. Um, but I do notice a little bit not behind the ears, but like. Let's see if I can get there here. But like here, like, yeah, like right here. But but I was able to uh, I was actually able to get it last time. But I do have a a razor too, like a manscaper thing. That's sure. sure. So I might touch up with that because I have a beard also. So it doesn't hurt to do that. So oh, Joyce brought it. Here we go. The pit bull, the pit bull silver. Hold on real quick. I'll demonstrate. Oh yeah! Oh, oh, this is good. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, you hear that? Mm, hold on. I know I'm oh, intrigued. Hold on. Oh god! Do you feel that, guys? Feel I, right I can here? feel it right through the screen. Man. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty much done now. Look at that. Man. Thanks, Joyce. Great Thank job. You. Hold on. Boom. I think you guys were all, all part of that. Look at that. Yeah, crispy man. Crispy. Dude, it's like you it's like using a razor. It's awesome. I I need to I need to invest. Still, man, you can feel it, right? Yeah, for sure. You guys you can just you can feel the energy behind it. Can you, you know? use it in the shower or do you have to use it outside? Either way, it doesn't matter. Very nice. Um yeah. what was I oh somebody said on here an interesting thing, and this is not the first time I've heard this. Uh, Mike, the cop could be Tom Segura's doppelganger if he had a goatee. <laughs> Tom Segura actually has a full beard right now. Um, so, uh, well, at least last I last I seen him in most recent times, I actually had some guys at a gym one time think that I was Tom Segura, think that Tom Segura happened to That's be in amazing. downriver area, Detroit at a at a crunch <laughs> fitness. Like, yeah, that's Come where on. I'm going to that's where I'm going to be if I'm Tom Segura. Uh, but uh Oh, third thing, third thing, uh, not not least important, not most important. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is. Uh, Warrior Way 
the place that I train at, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Kaiki affiliate, uh, has its first female black belt. Uh, Congratulations, we Kelly! Celebrate that, to Kelly! <clears throat> I mean, and I mean, she's a she's a total baller too. So, uh, man, it's, it's been yeah. It's she been played basketball. Time. That's that's how she's most known. She's a baller. Yeah, right. No, that's what I. Well, it's mostly street ball, but yeah, uh, yeah you know. street ball, trick shots, globetrotter stuff. <laughs> trick, trick shots. Every time <laughs> you go to the gym, she's like spinning a ball on her freaking finger. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Dude, I'm excited. I, I tell you, I am excited to get into like this is I know nothing about our topic. I'm not gonna lie, I'm really not because you you dumped this on us. What you you dumped this on us today, a little bit later than you should have. Um, <laughs> but but I'm super excited to talk about it. I had so. to swoop in and make up for your lack of uh articles. Usually, usually you're you're able to send a few over on Wednesday morning. I know, but and then I've the been... UPP abandoned us for the the whole afternoon. I didn't get a thumbnail till five something goes late late to promote just uh just all around upp is two thumbs down this, this week um jv asks, will it work on testes uh and then of course joyce responds uh dave try it and get back to get back next to the next podcast so uh I'm, i don't know if it does but i will get back to you and let you well, i want to get those puppies uh snagged up in the middle of four blades <laughs> can you imagine it gets all gruff Chopped up like freaking ninety-seven percent lean meat. <laughs> Looks like ground round after. <laughs> Good lord! Need a little hard shell taco to go with that. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Crazy. Anyways. All right. <laughs> Anywho, all right. Let's uh, let's dive in, guys. We uh, we'll start taking a look at this now. We should take a vote on who thinks I should turn a light on in here. I. I what do you think, Dave? Do you think I need a light on in my in my room here? I mean, I think you look good, but I think the problem is is they're trying to compare me, you know, and it's just not going to work for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I look way better than you. That's not the issue. Well, it's not the question. Yeah, you it's just know, an issue of additional lighting. Should I'm sorry. Do you have a skull shaver in Michael? the room? Yeah, I no, do. do I actually do. I'll have them before the end of the show. Amazon probably will drop it off by the time we're done. Ding dong. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> You're like, and send. And hands it to me. Shaves my head. The guy comes in and shaves your head, the Amazon driver. <laughs> oh, here's here's five bucks. <laughs> Jeez. That'd be something. Oh. All right. I'm I'm ready, man. Oh, let's all right. I hold, mean anything new. Hold with on. You? I gotta turn I'm gonna turn on the light. Hold on. Oh, here we go. I'm sorry, people, man. This guy, this guy. Oh my god. He's a mess. He thinks I'm a mess, and I am. But man, he is a perfect mess. <laughs> Can't even look oh, at this. Oh, all right. Oh, yeah, a little bit better. A little bit. A little bit better. Not much. Not much. Okay. What did the uh, Mike? I read that the silver is better than the gold. So order the pit silver. Man, you yeah. know everything I got is gold. It, embossed in gold that's dipped true. in gold everything that's i touch true. turns to gold so i gotta well, get, get the, the silver it'll be cheaper and it'll turn to gold for you <laughs> what's the difference but i now i now i, I, I need to know. know pit bull silver versus gold gosh i love the internet it oh there's a diamond place. there's a platinum oh, i'm there's missing a, out dude the grotto 200 dude, this thing is awesome i'm telling wait, you the diamond now wait a second isn't platinum more valuable than diamond 
I would not think that platinum is more valuable than diamond. Oh, because the diamond is the platinum is two oh nine. Damn. The Pitbull Diamond Pro electric head and face shaver by Silver Shaver Brushed Chromium four forty nine ninety nine. Holy shit, dude! Thank you, Bosco. Yay! That two dollars is going to go towards diapers. Thank you, Papa. <laughs> That's that which is that what you're gonna be called? Uh Tabasco, I am. So anytime <laughs> I refer to it, I'll be like, Bosco, Papa feels good today. Oh, I gotta talk about Papa. Papa feel good today. Is that uh what like uh grand what is gram- your, what is your grandpa name? kinks? They have yeah, to call your, you Papa. Are you Gramps? Grandpa Pop Pop? What are you what are you? None of those. I am just well Granny. My name is Graham Possum. Oh, good lord! But nobody calls me that except me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just Paw, just P A, like Paw. Oh, well, One. that's how it reminds me of because uh, isn't that what your kids call call your dad sometimes? Well, he now he is Old Paw. Like my oh, that's yeah. amazing. There's Paw okay. and Old Paw. <laughs> so Joyce, <laughs> so my dad Joyce is, is now Old Paw. Imagine I have to make that adjustment. Um, Joyce is going to be Harmony because Harmony is is uh, Korean for Harmony. Grandma Harmony. 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 That would be saying like a Japanese. You're going to call me Harmony. He's a Harmony. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a samurai guy. <laughs> you play your violin. Harmony says play your violin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why am I Chinese now? I don't know. I know. With like a little bit of like Russian for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh Baba Yaga, he plays the violin. <laughs> oh my god! All right, we should probably get to our topic. We're twenty minutes. <laughs> I guess we could just. Who would watch the show if we never talked about anything except, especially if well, we said we were going to talk like, about liter- it? literally like the show? Who we would just call the show Pitbull Shavers? I know, I know. And then we just like talk about shaving our heads and and the trials and tribulations of (laughs) losing hair and shaving your head. (laughs) Good old Mike Davis been trying to check in now and see if this podcast would take off. If this gets recorded, (laughs) please note when the actual relevant talk starts because so far it has been kids and beards. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And look, Sarah's like going in. Look at that. She's going to help pay for your. Skull shaver, dude. Thanks, Sarah. Dang. He deserves it. He that needs is it. look at that. That is one percent of the way to diamond pit bull, baby. Yes. <laughs> he looks. Oh like wait, a, no. Uh... Google's got to take thirty percent first, so it's not quite one percent. Point seven about it. Point seven percent. It couldn't happen at a better time. Your the top of your head looks like you're a, a burn victim survivor. Yeah. Patchy with a patchy hair. Yeah, I have know. been getting a lot of sun too, and. Uh, in florida oh and, but but we digress aren't we supposed to be talking about some really cool stuff i guess i feel like I this know. is pretty cool but i feel yeah, like it'd I be should. kind of like really self-aggrandizing if we thought that people would listen to the show just for this just to hear <laughs> only our like what's it in our lives like we're so so important that's a good funny. that's a we could we could shift the whole show and call it life in the middle ages but it's just us, <laughs> but it's just us. 
<laughs> just oh talking God. about middle age stuff, swim spas, the event, the adventure of the swims of the swim spa. I can describe about what that was events. like. <laughs> yeah, uh, diet pains. Yeah, how how horrible my body feels if I don't sleep on my ghost bed. Oh my god, takes us six days to recover after having two drinks. <laughs> well, dude, I want to talk about this. So. Where do, this queer theory? You want to start um, there? I, I I do want to start there. Um, really? Because, okay. Yeah, I think that's that not if the you title of the show. The, no, it's not, and and that's we've always had that problem. Um, <laughs> but I I do I have to ask, like, what do you know? What queer theory? I didn't know this was an actual like, a, like a study. We'll say it's an, an actual study and do people prescribe to this like do they say this like this is the foundation of you know uh, of what right what what do we actually talk about when we talk about that okay so i i am by no means i mean i went to college in the 90s so lots has changed since then about what people learn in college (laughs) Why, why does that much change in college besides history well because no Right? Well, even history has changed. Well, no, no, no. I said besides history. <laughs> oh. I said why would anything really well, change because, that much because besides now history? Because now you can get degrees in things that aren't real. And yeah, so like not, queer theory, queer uh, studies yeah, and stuff queer, like that. Can you, is that a thing? Degree? Oh, I'm sure. In queer queer yeah. theory. I, I, queer I wonder. studies. I would say queer, queer studies. studies. Whoa, you can do that? Of course. Of course. That doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. Uh, well, see, that's what I'm talking about. So I saw um, a, a job posting for like this inclusive uh, equity type thing for a city recently. I'm like, dude, I mean, I guess I just not meant for the workforce anymore. I, I don't know. Like I can't I can't keep up with the bullshit that I pay for in my fucking taxes. Uh, whether it's just my <laughs> local taxation and anything like I just can't keep up. Right. You're going to spend, you're going to pay somebody $126,000 a year to tell me what's inclusive or equitable uh, in, in our community. A hundred and twenty six thousand dollars a year and if i have hundred and twenty six thousand people in my community that's a dollar in my taxes raised every for every fucking person actually it would even be more than that because you can have a population of hundred twenty six thousand. Uh, can someone there's tell me chance. how there's only a couple of them that can someone tell me taxed. how intolerant i am i will Yes, that'll be yeah. one dollar, please. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, I f- yeah, I feel like it's Lucy at, for peanuts. Like, uh, you know, what's you know, Charlie Brown's <laughs> yeah. got a problem. He's got to fucking go over there and give her a fucking five cents to tell her how stupid she, you know he is or something. Now, he would he would lay on top of the doghouse, right? And she would walk up and give advice. No, no, he, he would, would go like she. Remember, she would. Like, she give was laying advice. down. No, she would lay down on line. Is it Linus? No, uh, who does the piano? So she would always Linus. go there and like lay. Lately, on the like the head, her head on the piano, talk to him, but um, but he would like Charlie Brown would go and talk to Lucy, and like she would have her like stand up, like a lemonade stand almost for like psychology, and she used to have to put like five cents in, and he would ask her about like the woes of life, and she would like do some psych psychiatric help on him. I feel like that's what we're doing now. Like it's <laughs> it just makes no sense to me. 
I uh, so, I got it. I found it. Like I couldn't remember, but you got it right there. Yeah, psychiatric help. Five cents. Doctor is in. <laughs> Doctor is in. <laughs> so my understanding, again, things have changed with without w- without a proper definition. My basic understanding is that queer theory is essentially a catch-all term for this concept that heterosexuality and a a gender binary is not standard that this is a it is entirely a social construct right and so queer theory is the underlying theory and premise and ideology that leads to the concept of some people would argue is at the heart of the LGBTQ plus movement or alphabet <laughs> alphabet super alphabet agenda whatever other people would say because <clears throat> to be fair there are groups like gays against groomers right who are saying right. listen yeah adults adults can choose their sexual orientation or engage in sexual activity or orientations that deviate from what is commonplace or normative but a lot a lot of people that are are in that camp would disagree with queer theory because they actually do believe that what is normative they would consider themselves abnormal even if they don't consider that a negative thing they're just saying like we recognize that's not normal right like this it's not the standard i use normal in that sense right at least for this discussion well, i mean so, even statistically it does it's not <clears throat> correct it's not the, the, nor- the norm it right. would be and yeah. so a lot of a lot of those groups in the that would um themselves say yes i'm part of the lgbtq community as a whole really are saying really i just want to be lgb i don't want the rest and the uh, yeah, rest yeah, is yeah. the rest is based on modern queer theory or, yeah which kind of comes with baggage and they would say like a lot of the stuff is kind of like the movement is being hijacked and what originally was this concept of equal rights has now become and it's becoming clearer that there are at least some people with the agenda to normalize minor involvement in this right. and this activity i i definitely want to get more into that but i just kind of figured we should like lay some ground like structure on this because queer theory again i i didn't even really know much about this until you brought like all of a sudden you like send me this this twitter feed and i was like what <laughs> you're is welcome this? Yeah, and so like I just looked up so uh, this introduction to queer theory, philosophy, library research guidelines at uh, Indiana.edu. Uh, queer <laughs> theory is an interdisciplinary field that encourages one to look at the world through new avenues. It is a way of thinking that dismantles traditional assumptions about gender and sexual identities, challenges traditional academic approaches, and fights against social inequality. Now I. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised about that because a theory uh, in and of itself, so this, this is why it's clear to me that the queer theory is basically just a, it's a political agenda. Cause like you said, I think that people, the LBGTQ, there are some people that are just like, look, I'm, I'm gay. You know, like I don't, I don't have to have all these attachments. I don't, 
I don't have to have all of these colors in the flag. I, I just want to be myself. But it's pretty clear that this L, the LGBTQ uh, there's like they feel like this has to be like some uh, a, a political or cultural banding together uh, in order to push uh, an agenda when there are other when when I would I would say uh, I could be wrong that most gay people are like I I'm just I'm gay I didn't I didn't know it was that big of a deal I, I didn't know we had to make a huge deal out of it now I get that there are uh, certain states are definitely other countries and continents that don't think uh, that, that don't like give the same rights to gays as they do to straight people. I, I get that. And I get those fights for them. That's I understand why they would fight. But and, and even then, maybe that's part of the demise of that. If they want to try to identify themselves as just, I, hey, look, I'm just I'm gay. But then they have to f- see themselves banding to this LBGTQ push in order to get some of their, we'll say, rights. Well, not just, uh, we'll say marriage rights, right? Like, like it's the comedian says, you know, hey, why can't gay people just be as miserable as all the rest of us married people, right? Like, <laughs> you know, uh, and so, um, but then in the end, it's kind of like a, a Black Lives Matter thing or anything else um, that kind of pushes an agenda that not everybody that has that originally signed on for it is is totally for what do you think about that like i mean queer theory like when i read that to you from indiana.edu it's the last thing was and fights against social inequality i, I feel does like it say inequality or does it say inequity? inequality okay inequality <clears throat> um yeah that's but just simply not true. There's no, yeah, there is, well, that's, it's just, that's it's, kind of like, that's, that's a matter of debatable fact. It's, it's just simply not true. Right. It's like, like trans I, people fighting for trans rights. It's, it's, it's silly because there is no right that it, like no one has taken their rights. No, yeah, what does that mean? There's, yeah. What does it mean? It's like fighting for equal rights. No, no one took them. No. Yeah. Like you, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, and and if you decided that you were going to be uh, a freaking space, you know, I guess space there there really are space monkeys. I was going to say space monkeys, but we've sent monkeys to space, so we have space monkeys. They're real we things. Do. We do. Um, but if you want if you want to be like a space giraffe, let's say you you band together with a few other people on the internet that all decide to identify as space giraffes, and then what? Now you have a civil rights campaign. Like, because, because you right. need to make sure that you fight for equal rights for your, your, uh, long necks or something like, like, wow, I can't go on roller coasters. They need to really adjust all these things because how am I supposed to strap in as a yeah. space giraffe? Well, exactly. And if you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, exactly. You're like, now you're getting it. <laughs> now but, you're understanding. Well, <laughs> but why, why under this guidelines.libraries.indiana.edu? Do do they follow it up with with the, the buzzword of the day? You know, these buzzwords and fights against social inequality. This to me reeks of. And again, I'm I'm not professing to know much of anything about queer theory, but it theories and agendas are, should be very different. But we know that's not true. I mean, look at you know the, like the Big Bang theory. Um, and I know I'm, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to get off course, but I'm saying like, we, we think of theories nowadays as truths when mm-hmm. the, the whole idea of what a theory is, is, is it's just a theory. It's not, it's not proven fact of anything. 
And yet somehow we've been able to put buzzwords in, in the very last part and fights against social inequality. This is something that is, if you don't agree with or don't do or don't prescribe to, you're clearly not fighting against social inequality. Like I, I'm, I should be, everyone should be on board with this because I put some buzzwords at the very end of this paragraph that, that shows how important this theory is. And if, and, and then once again, it's like 1984, all you have to do is say it enough that it's true enough times and the world will believe it. Mm-hmm. And that is so true with theories that I, I, I wish people would understand more. So like even go back to the, the big bang theory, which is a great show, but go back <laughs> to the, the big, the big bang theory. And you should question everything about when somebody, and I'm not saying that as a creationist or anything else, it's, it has nothing to do with it, but how many times in school have you ever been taught that the Big Bang Theory is just just that? Like, there's there is no proof. We we have not been able to prove it. This is something that we've just thought that it could possibly be. No, it's not being taught that way. That's Correct. not how it's being taught. Correct. So question everything. And this queer theory thing, I don't know, man. I got to read more into it, but I'm I'm starting to have some reservations, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so. For those of you that tuned in or, or who are, maybe you just hopped in, you're like, wait a second. I thought you were t- your title says uh, sound of freedom, fact versus fiction or whatever fact and fiction. Um, let us get there, I guess, because actually, I think these things are connected. Yes, for sure. Because Agreed. it's the, the subject of the movie sound of freedom is human trafficking specifically as it relates to children and sexuality. So I think that these are connected. And w- what I'm going to play for you guys is a professor. His name is Derek Jensen. And he's actually in the class, in a classroom type setting. And he's literally being heckled by students for bringing up the undeniable fact that the main proponents historically and currently of queer theory are proponents, not, not just, um, not just people who got caught up in child attractive issues, but are proponents of it. And I have been saying, I actually, I, I should do the digging. I just don't have the time. I've been saying for years Probably since 2016, 2017, I've been saying for a long time and have said on this show, like the the agenda is to normalize normalize pedophilia. That is that is the agenda of proponents of queer theory. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. This is not it's no longer a matter of that's Mike's opinion. This is like you'll just hear right right straight from the mouth and quotes of these guys that that's just the facts. And, and as a disclaimer too, we're going to play this for you. And, and what I do like is that there are several students who are on the side of the teacher. Um, Yeah. But with that, I'm going to do a disclaimer here. We are not saying that all gay people prescribe to queer theory. We are talking about 
a a movement, a a, a, a and I would say a political cultural movement uh, of a subsect of people who are who are advocates of the gay community, not a representation of the whole or even a majority or probably even a minority. However, their voice is very loud, very fucking loud. And with that, whoever screams the loudest gets their way. And this this is the agenda that's being pushed. So despite most gay people, I'm sure, do not prescribe to this at all, in the least bit, there's a representation that's being pushed here as a normality uh, between a relationship between gays and pedophilia. And we're not talking about <laughs> the majority of gay people who are just like, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm gay. Whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, that's not what we're saying. But this is a very, very important subsect uh, that needs discussion because that voice is so loud and could someday become mm. a majority of the voice. This is this not is, the population, but yeah. the voice. This is 100 percent um, in line with modern critical theory and the Marxist agenda that is a political battle. And this is this is a, a growing a growing concern. And it's a concern because <clears throat> the media and their reaction is is very very telling, um, and this is why people don't trust the media anymore, and rightfully so. The mainstream media is dead; it, it doesn't it doesn't exist um, in any form of integrity anymore. But um, thank goodness for the internet in that respect, like where we can find things going on that we can dissect and discern. So, boy, <clears throat> we're already 40 minutes in and we haven't even... I, I told you, this scratched. is a five-part fucking series, man. <clears throat> this is like a, one of those old documents or docu-series uh, from like the, the 90s from the or the 80s. Like the well, seasons, we'll have to have like a little bit of a longer episode because we have boots. to get to this Sound of Freedom article. There's no doubt about it. I'm with so. you. I'm with you. All right. Here we go. Uh, this is six minutes long. What do you think, Dave? Should we just kind of let it run or do we want to interrupt it or do we want to just kind of interact we'll in the chat with it? I don't we know. might, I might have you pause or you might pause every once in a while. That's fine. But I mean, it's six minutes long, but it's well, I think it's well worth the listen. So let's do that. Is that coming through? No, it's very, very low. How about now? Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's a beautiful line. Thank you so much for asking. How about something relevant? It just disappeared. What are you doing? Actually, actually, it seems you're acting like this is a spurious connection. So we're going to play Jeopardy. This is, we're going to play Queer Theory. We're going to play Queer Theory Pedophilia Jeopardy. Okay, answer. Uh, commonly called the godfather of queer theory. Who is Foucault? Who is Foucault? Okay, 100 points. Um, Foucault, uh, another way to ask this is who argued, no, I guess the answer would be, argued for the eradication of age of consent laws as in down to infants? Who is Foucault? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, next one. Um, uh, the author of the, the, author of the uh, founding document of queer theory. 
Who is Gail Rubin? Um, what percentage? Don't know the answer is 50%. Question is the amount in that article that was a defense of pedophilia, specifically, quote, boy lovers, the men who talk boys. Oh. And since you're not believing me, quote, quote, this is in the founding document of queer theory. Like communists and homosexuals in the 1950s, boy lovers are so stigmatized that it is difficult to find defenders of their civil liberties, let alone for their erotic orientation. That's in the founding document of queer theory. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm using facts. <laughs> well, you might not be hearing is that the students who can barely hear, they're very, very much like, you know, this is bullshit or, you know, things that saying this, things like that. It's very hard to hear that part of it. But, you know, obviously the people who are clapping are, are more in favor of what he's saying. Uh, but there are definitely people, in, young kids in, in that audience that are, are very vocal. You just you can't really hear them very well, even when it's a good audio. But you can. They are there. Sorry. Apologies. One must never let facts in the way. Oh, and she also compared, by the way, she compared pedophilia. She compared pedophilia to uh, a preference for spicy food. Um, the thing is, I have never heard of anyone who asked to have years of therapy because they ate hot and sour soup. Okay, so up to 200. Now it is, uh, now it is, now it is pedophilia and queer theory for 300. Uh, that would be author of uh, Macho Sluts. Uh, author of Macho Sluts and Public Sex. Pat Califia. Wait, wait, wait. What was it somebody said? Stay relevant. Yeah, they keep calling them fascist and, you know, transphobic and things like that. Okay, let's talk, let's talk about uh, Pat Califia. <laughs> okay, here's something from one of uh, Pat Clifia's books. You know, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. Just note that um, that that's the common response when you <laughs> simply state facts. So this this is the insanity of this. Here you have a student who supports queer theory. But who would also say, leave kids alone when confronted with the fact that their queer theory hero thinks um, over overcoming a young boy sexually, right, is being attracted to that is no different than just liking spicy food. <laughs> like, then you're a transphobe. <laughs> like what, right. what these these two do not like that is a logical fallacy. It's a non sequitur. It doesn't fall it because you expose someone's actual statement. It does not follow that now you have a fear <laughs> of someone that thinks different than you or has a different lifestyle than you. These are these are illogical things, and this is this is par for the course in public education right now, yeah. even at a higher Clearly. level. Is, Clearly, we're not we're it. not teaching logical argumentation right and uh yeah it's we're, we're we're paying the price for that here we go thing that when i actually start talking about the relationship between queer theory and anarchism and pedophilia that uh it becomes they, they really want to shut me up now um, okay 
So here's Pat Calipia. Pat Calipia. Oh, wait, 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 just a second. Just a second. I was accused of homophobia because I'm against pedophilia. Who is it who actually makes the connections between that? Okay, here's something by Pat Calipia. Pat Calipia has written, any child old enough to decide whether or not she or he wants to eat spinach, play with trucks, or wear shoes is old enough to decide whether or not she wants to run around naked in the sun, masturbate, sit in someone's lap, or engage in sexual activity, by which she does not mean play doctor, she means with adults. She's very clear about that because she also says that uh, pedophiles should be more and not less uh, invested in children's lives. Okay, so we're at 300. is uh, the most famous uh, queer theorist of today. Answer. No, it is not Judith Butler. It's who is Judith Butler? Okay, Judith Butler is the most uh, famous queer theorist of the day. Yeah. Who do not care about trans people's lives? Every single person here. Yeah, that's right. Okay, okay, okay. Here's a great quote from Judith Butler. Here's a great quote from Judith Butler. Okay. So, so Judith Butler wrote, so I keep adding this qualification. When incest is a, so I keep adding this qualification. When incest is a violation, suggesting I think there may be occasions, which is not. Why would I talk that way? Well, I do think that there are probably forms of incest that are not necessarily traumatic, and which or which gain their traumatic character by virtue of the consciousness of social stain that they produce. Yeah, that's true. But that's one of that's one of the queer heroes. Okay, now now we have we have uh, uh, for five hundred uh, we have um, the last one in the queer theory and pedophilia. Uh, the answer is queer theorist who has spoken out strongly against pedophilia. Who is no one? Not a single one, because the entire thing is based on transgressing. Yeah, I know, dear fucking god. There it is. Right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, there, there, there it is. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Dear God. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, um, I, started, I guess I, I haven't. I have. I, I move. I moved my microphone over here, so I couldn't quite see what was going on in the chat. So I don't know if I missed any particular questions or, or input on that. But I mean, all he did was quote the 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 founding mothers and fathers of queer theory. Like he's not, he's not, dis, he doesn't even have to disparage them. He didn't even offer opinion on it. All he was no. doing was basically making an assertion that there is an undeniable correlation between queer theory proponents and pedophilia. He's just saying like, there's an undeniable connection correlation between these two things people lost their mind and keep in mind that he off the cuff he didn't have this wasn't like like necessarily all uh all put together like a presentation he's simply throwing out these <laughs> these major major proponents and yeah. and uh developers of queer theory and he's just showing them for what they are which are 
uh, people who have an agenda to normalize minor attraction. (laughs) That's, that's, that's what it is. And, um, and in order to do unspeakable things to people, you have to dehumanize them. And this is the, this is the gateway into human trafficking, child sex trafficking, child sex work, um, and exploitation of children sexually or otherwise is once, once you make it okay, then you eliminate the, the guilt, you eliminate the, the problems and you try to justify it that way. And that is exactly, there are, there are people in high, high, high levels of influence politically and uh, in in a wide variety of industries who would be completely okay with normalizing pedophilia. There's just, there's no doubt about it. Right. And it is up to us to be honest about it. I, I wouldn't say like up to us to expose it or whatever else. It's just, let's just at least be honest about it. Right. And the problem is that it used to be that across like even like in the prison system, right? Like even cops and robbers, good guys, bad guys, right? Like I could arrest a guy that just <laughs> that just knocked off a convenience store or robbed a bank or whatever else, you know, and we would both agree. He would be locked up. He'd be in handcuffs in the back of my car. I'd be driving him to jail. And we would both 100% agree that messing with kids is wrong. <laughs> right? That yeah. div- that that dividing line is being erased, right, by, by many who would say, no, we need to get rid of that line. That line is arbitrary and... That's so that's a social construct. But the the problem is that leaves you in a moral abyss if you accept this ideology, because then where does it end? There's what what is right and what is wrong outside of any individual deciding for themselves to coalesce around any action. Well, but my question to, to you, Mike, is, is but but why? Right, like, why, why is there a push for a normalization of pedophilia? What is, what is the end result? I mean, like when when somebody like Butler goes to sleep at night, um, what does she think about as far as and why? What's what is the mean? Like, in 1984, there's a quote. It says, "If you if you want to keep a secret." <laughs> you must also hide it from yourself. Now, there's different ways to mm. think about that, and the reality is, like, if it's really if good, you in in reality. So, what what is the the agenda? Does somebody like Butler think, yeah, no, this is amazing? 
which is weird because there's never been any accusations that these individuals have uh, committed the crime of pedophilia or anything else like that. But so why is it that they have to hide these secrets even in even from themselves to to make it a normal circumstance? What drives them for it, and why? What is the outcome for it? You can't just so say like, this "Oh, is... it's because of it's because they want to do great evil." That I, I can't I can't prescribe to that. There's there's an uh, there's an agenda, but what is the agenda? What is the outcome that they are looking for, and why? Um. Okay. So I think there's two levels to the answer. Um. One is is found in like we talk about exploitation, right? So I think there there is money and power to be ex to be gained and expressed through exploitation of people. And if minors can be included in that, then that's a whole new pool of profit. That's a whole new, a whole new level of power and influence uh, for those who want to gain it. Right. But that still doesn't get to the question of, well, why would they want to do that at all costs? Now, um, this, this is the, the faith fork in the road, in my opinion. And this is why when we get to sound of freedom, you're going to see like Jim Caviezel is, is blatantly talking about his faith as it relates to why he wanted to be involved in this project and where, where the crossroads come from. You talk, you look at other big people like Sean Ryan, who has, who is, uh, publicly converted to Christianity uh, in, in recent uh, weeks, months, uh, you, you look at uh, a, well, a lot of people are, are coming to a crisis of faith. What do I really believe? Because this is a battle of ideologies, but ideologies don't exist in a vacuum. They come from somewhere. And here's, here's the issue is when we say, um, when we say something is right or wrong, based on what? is the is the next logical question and i i would agree with the apostle paul who said <laughs> that the wrath of god is being revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them, his invisible attributes, namely his power, divine nature. It's been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. That is that is the best summary of what is happening in my in my estimation and I think everyone has to come to a crisis of faith where they start to say what the hell is going on and yeah, why. But, 
you, I, you bring up a good point. But so basically, what you're saying is, but yeah, but 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 that what you just stated, read, <clears throat> recited, was a a a group normalizing because they had something to gain from it. So in reality, what we're saying then is there's something to be gained from this agenda. It's not that they even, well, they, they might believe it as a normal part of, of who they are now, but what pushed it is, is got to be an agenda where they somehow gain from it. And we've had people, sure. you know, so Corn uh, Pops, Wunderwaff, uh, the agenda is the inversion of the natural order, the inversion of everything good. I, this, these, these things come in and I can't, I can't disagree with you, but the reality is, is that does, do these people lay down at night and say, I want to, turn the world upside down um in in a weird like is that is that the reality of it this and we have another one ultimately the reason is to remove all freedoms now i i'm not sure i prescribe to that i mean i you know i'm i think it's an interesting statement and one that could be debated uh i can't say i agree with it or disagree with it. i i i tend more to disagree with it um because removing all freedoms, it isn't necessarily removing all freedoms. What, what is, again, you have to, there's, there's a gain from it. So really you're getting to the base of it. It's not to remove freedoms. It's for an individual who's pushing these agendas to elevate in the end. Right. I mean, like, yeah, I think to that's exalt what it comes themselves, down, the, the very basic instinct of our humanity is to elevate ourselves to a godlike mm -hmm. status. Yes. Whether that's with power or mm -hmm. money, or burritos, or a hot dog eating contest, <laughs> right? Like, but that's what, you know what I mean? So I think that getting to the basics of it, yes, that's a, I think that they, the, the, the end result is the removal of freedoms, but it's only because of a humanistic, instinctual need to elevate yourself. And yeah. I think that we are no different here. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, wow. I need to get back in focus. Woo. Um, you look better out of focus, Mike. <laughs> yeah, some, some would say most, in fact, by some, I mean most. All right. Um, yeah, no, I think we're kind of saying the same things, which is like, if you're going to, if you're going to elevate yourself to godlike status with punny, uh, punny money, power, fame, uh, you know, all Burritos. those things at all costs, right? You exchange truth for a lie and you'll do anything. You'll do anything for that. Um, and, and the be the behaviors become more and more, I would say demonic. Some would say, you know, yeah. just disgusting, but again, it, any comes, path. it comes down to if someone, if someone was to say, well, it's, it's wrong to do that to a kid. And I said, well, why, why, why is that wrong? Well, because you don't, you don't hurt kids. Oh, why? Well, because it's against the law. Okay. Well, why would we have a law against that? Yeah, why is that right. a bad? Why, you, you gotta you gotta punish trace, kids all the time. Yeah, you gotta right? trace it back, and this is why I'm saying to you guys, you're gonna have a crisis of faith if you ask these questions because you're serving an ultimate reality of some kind. You you are you have a working. We talk about queer theory as an ideal as an underlying ideology. You're you have an ideology too, right? You ha you have yeah. a, every one of us 
that listens to this show is watching right now has a way that you're making sense of the world. Like you, you're, you're answering questions every day and you're, and if you don't know the answers, you're operating on assumptions that you have as like working pieces of things that you're just accepting uh, as assumptions. And you got to ask yourself why, and that will lead you, that will lead you places. If you, uh, if you keep asking, you know, I, here, here's the problem, Mike, is there's, there's simply not enough time to, to discuss, to discuss all of this and I get it. Um, so uh, we had another, I think, excellent comment here. And I actually kind of leads me into this thing with Butler. So it's uh, is on the 6th of May, 1933, Hitler ordered the raid on the Institute of Sexology. They burned over 20,000 books uh, from the Institute, um, specialized literature about the most degenerate, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then in depraved writings of the world at that time. Um, and what we are looking at, and uh, so Butler wrote an uh, excitable speech, 1997. And I'm going to quote a little bit from this because this actually kind of plays into a lot of this too, as far as a pushing agenda, or I'm sorry, my agenda. Uh, in, in this, her argument that uh, hate speech exists retrospectively only after being declared such by state let me go back, actually. Uh, they argue, uh, she argues that the censorship is difficult to evaluate and that uh, in some cases it may be useful or even necessary, while in others uh, it may be worse than tolerance. Butler argues that hate speech exists retrospectively only after being declared such by state authorities. In this way, the state reserves for itself the power to define hate speech and conversely the limits of acceptable discourse. In this connection, Butler criticizes feminist legal scholar Catherine McKinnon's argument against pornography for its unquestioning acceptance of the state's power uh, to censor. It's interesting to me that that there's an, an argument even among liberals, uh, well, it's usually more among, I, th I, I maybe I'm wrong, but more among liberals as far as when we should be able to restrict speech. And it's interesting that the stuff that I think is fucking crazy, like queer theory, is the very thing that I would have to fight for the, the free speech of. And yet this person's like, it's this queer theory is awesome, but don't say anything against it because that's fucking hate speech. And we got to we got to put that down. We got to put right. that down well, right it's, now. It's the it's the forever perennial problem of of. I, I say the left. I, I stopped. I try to stop using the terms left and right because I think there's Marxist and not. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I just call it Marxism. Um, and the perennial problem with Marxism is that it always consumes itself. It yeah, but there's a relatability to uh, saying that leftist. Yeah, I, I, I get but... I get it. Right. Um, but Marxism, where it exists, it, it, it consumes itself. It can't it can't be sustained long term because it it thrives on claiming tolerance while simultaneously being the most intolerant ideology right. that humanity has ever seen. So it's right. like, it doesn't work that way, right? Like, oh, you need to be tolerant. Okay, so I need to tolerate your difference of opinion. Yes, but you don't need to tolerate my difference of opinion. <laughs> yeah, but because what you say is, is horrible. Because what you say is wrong. Listen to it. So yeah. it, it's, it's a self-defeating concept, you know, it's horrible. It's crazy. But you have to try to make it make sense so that you can justify your evil actions of, of exploitation and growth and power and, and influence that, that you try to gain. So um, 
Let's you take know a problem, Mike, is we're never going to get into this. I'm getting into it right now. I'm okay. doing it right now. I just, I, I feel like we have so much to discuss. We do. We, we do. do. We have tons. We have tons to discuss. We'll, we'll see what happens. You know, right. uh, whether there's a part two or whatever. All right. So I stumbled into this uh, history versus Hollywood website. So that's where this comes from, guys. Uh, if you just if history versus Hollywood, you want to read it all for yourself in extreme detail. You can go there and just look up Sound of Freedom. Uh, and, and basically, it's kind of a cool site because, you know, you always see these like based on a true story type movies. There are there's tons of them. And you always wonder, OK, what really happened versus what Hollywood showed? Because Hollywood's going to have to do something to make it exciting. They're going to have to tell the story out of order. Or they're going to have to make it have more explosions or something, you know, like uh, whatever. So I was curious about this movie. Uh, and again, uh, I think we said at the beginning, full disclosure, neither one of us have seen this. So spoiler alerts ahead. Okay. If yeah. you, if you, we all know what happens if you don't say spoiler alert with Dave. It gets very you? ugly, very fast. <laughs> so I might not even talk to you for a week or so two. It might, you know, things Cut get you very, very Facebook. real. You, you do that. Yeah, he will it's unfriend true. you. He will unfriend you on Facebook if you uh, if you that. say anything that's a spoiler. <laughs> it took three years for me to friend you again on Facebook. <laughs> it's so dumb. All right. Oh, so uh, getting past the surface stuff, Jim Caviezel, what a handsome dude. So is Tim Ballard, the, the real so. the real yes. agent. Uh, Mira Sorvino, who uh, I, I haven't I don't know what she's been in. I mean, I, I know the name. I couldn't tell you a movie that she's been in other than the fact that I, I kind of have a vague knowledge that she's there. Uh, dude, she, was in that, uh, she was in that movie with uh, Phoebe from Friends they, where they played like ditzy chicks. Like I have like in the like late night like <laughs> really like ridiculously no. ditzy like can't say that I've seen it. <laughs> no, I I remember seeing it, but I don't remember anything about it. But yeah, so right I, on. Yeah, and this is uh, Tim Ballard's uh, wife, Catherine. So, um, just just a little bit of Q and A accuracy between what you'll see on the screen and, and the real life, and I think that the real life shows some interesting differences and sometimes i look at this and i'm like why did they make this change in hollywood because the real story is actually really good like why why change it you know like yeah yeah I agree. it's it seems weird right so uh tim ballard so the question is did the real tim ballard grow frustrated after spending years stopping the end users of child pornography but never rescuing the kids Yes, the Sound of Freedom true story reveals that Tim Ballard, who had initially worked for the CIA a year prior to then joining the newly formed Department of Homeland Security, spent several years busting the consumers of child exploitive material without ever being able to rescue the kids being exploited. So 12 years, he was a special agent, an undercover operator uh, working child crimes, child trafficking. Man, that's got to mess with your head. Um, so... Yes. Um, the laws changed, he said, in 2006. For the first time, U.S. agents could actually go overseas and prosecute Americans for engaging in sex with children overseas and prosecute them as if they'd committed the crime on U.S. soil. So, I mean, that's a that's that is a good law change. So the answer yeah. is yes, that is true. He really got sick of never being able to actually help kids. And so uh, that was a huge source of frustration for him in his well Career. Are we uh, so? Are we going back into the 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 spectrum of 
trafficking then because they talk about uh pornography and everything else um we, we were led to typically believe that trafficking is kind of like the abduction of a child mm-hmm. for purposes of sexual gratification through money or mm-hmm. something else. But there really is a spectrum. And we've we've even talked or touched upon that on you know prior shows uh, and and actually got a lot of hate from it, from uh, the the idea that actual abduction type sexual you know, trafficking uh, is actually quite low, at least in the United States. We got a lot of hate from that. However, mm. uh, children exploited with p- pornography and other sex acts from family members, uh, family friends of things is, is a little bit, seems more prolific. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely have experienced that more in uh, like sex crimes, uh, things of that nature, at least on the job. As far as I've seen throughout my career, it's been, I'll say 99.9% has been those kind of issues. Is this more of the spectrum that we're talking about before we even go overseas to see that children are being sexually exploited over there? Um, you know, is this the spectrum that we're talking about? I think there's probably like maybe some ind- maybe some individuals who only engage, I guess, in one in one piece of this, right? Like this, the spectrum, this arc of of involvement. But I think like they're all connected, so they're they're interwoven. So sometimes kids are are uh, abducted moved, sold, then exploited in pornography. And then you have an end user who consumes that, right? Like, right. so they're, they're in many ways, um, they're in many ways connected. And we should, we should mention, I think it's fair to mention that this isn't just about kids. Um, and this is one thing that will, uh, toward the end of this, they actually bring up. Um, well, why, why wait? I'll just, I'll go down here and just, uh, boop, 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 boop get to one of the questions while you're doing that let me just kind of like expand so i have a, a good friend who works the child crimes mm-hmm. and uh there's been i i mean some of the stuff that she's talked about some of the investigations that we were part of uh you know in the in db uh were where are something that that nightmares are are truly made of mm-hmm. um and like but it's crazy how far technology has come, but yet still is limited because even though the, the enormous advance in technology to find these, these criminals, these people, um, these, these devils, uh, they are still able to outsmart technology and the police. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like we're just not doing anything, but it is incredible because we like, you can timestamps, you can find actual GPS locations Mm -hmm. of video and pictures taken on a cell phone. Um, They can actually tear those pictures apart and find out where the fuck Data embedded in them. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it's just incredible. And in, even some of the the ones where these little these children are forced to have sex and all that, which does happen, we've seen. You know, it actually happens quite a bit. Um, it's still very difficult. Which is, again, the example: yeah. twelve years to find these devils. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No. I what I was gonna what I was gonna say is that when we think about the the world of human trafficking and sexual exploitation. 
Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the minor aspect of that is, is horrific, but it's more than that. It, it, there are adult victims as well, right? There are, um, there are people who are, uh, lured in under false premises. They're abducted. Uh, a lot of times it's not just like a straight kidnapping to where it's like, Oh, uh, hood over, hood over the head, pulled into a van and and you're gone. And all of a sudden, you're you're being exploited it's not quite like that a lot of times it's grooming a lot of times it is grooming at a young age it is um luring luring them through um through through false premises like in this case there was a there was a woman in colombia uh, uh maybe it was honduras or colombia i'll have to go back because i again i haven't seen the movie but who approaches a dad and and lures the the dad to give access to the kid for modeling, you know, like, uh, or yeah. talent tryouts. And he drops the kids off at this house, this apartment, and then comes back to pick them up and they're gone. Right. Like literally oh, taken yeah. that way. Right. So, uh, or if you're an adult or, or a teenager that is of age of consent or, or shortly over 18, maybe they'll lure you in for that. Like, Oh, modeling or, um, other types of jobs, and then they get you addicted, literally get you addicted to heroin or other narcotics. Yeah. And a lot of what um, what people see in the pornographic world are not willing participants. They're people who are drugged out of their minds. Um, and so there is, there's a lot going on. And what happens is uh, the real Tim Ballard says his team rescued 123 victims only 55 were minors. Most of them yeah. were adults. Um, the film depicted 54 rescued on this island operation and depicted all of them as minors. So it only focused on the kids when in reality, what Tim uncovered and got accomplished in what they called Operation Triple Take <clears throat> rescued 55 minors and the remaining out of the 123 were adults. Man, if, if you think about it too, um, how interesting, and I don't mean this to be a creepy, but how interesting is the mind of these people who are meant to groom and to uh, create a, a element of trust? They, these people are brilliant they have brilliant minds. They can spot family weaknesses, uh, personal insecurities like no one else can. We have a lot to learn about the mind, about these brilliant minds that have these abilities to pick up on the things that will make their job easier, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. It's fascinating. They, it they, can, they can sniff out a, a dad who wants his kid to be freaking famous uh, by mm-hmm. modeling, by leaving his child at somebody's house. They can smell it. They can look over and smell that person from a yeah. mile and a half away. It's incredible. So um, Tim, it says, after being ordered to abort his mission in Colombia, did Tim Ballard quit his job so he could stay and rescue the children? Uh, while conducting our Sound of Freedom fact check, we discovered the movie's depiction of Tim Ballard's quitting his job is largely accurate. 
Ballard said that everything came to a head for him in 2012 when he was working on two different cases, one in Haiti and one in Colombia. And if you want to go down a rabbit hole, look up the Clintons in Haiti um, with involving children, by the way. <laughs> it's uh, it's scary. OK, due to it being a two hour movie, the case in Colombia is only is the only one focused on the film. I was told come home on both of them, says Ballard. They were both major cases. A significant hit against human traffickers would have taken place. There I am thinking they're asking me to come home once again, and I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stay. That means I'm going to have to quit my job. And yes, he talked to his wife. He actually said the movie makes him look like he's brave. It was his wife, Tim Ballard's wife, that said he needed to stay. He was going to come home. He was like, man, I'm going to if if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to quit my job. He's talking to his wife. He says, I'm he says, I called my wife hoping she'll say, get your butt home. Are you kidding me? We've got six kids to feed. I wanted her to say that because I was being a coward, but I knew it was the right thing. And she didn't. She didn't. She didn't read my script. And she said, of course, you're going to stay. And I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> she said, I will not let you jeopardize my salvation by not doing this. And it breaks my heart because not only is she losing our income, but she is possibly a very good chance, like 50-50, she's going to lose me. Because he's going off the grid here. Like, he's going off the reservation. No more protection from Homeland Security. He's quitting his job. He's literally taking this operation, working with Colombian special intel on, on his own. And good on the Colombians for allowing him to continue to work with them. Right. Um, to, to complete this operation apparently, you know, so it's crazy. So at the time that he quit his job, he had six kids. Um, and now they have nine, including two that they adopted that Tim helped rescue from traffickers. So that is, it is very true. Um, Tim and Catherine met now here's, here's an interesting thing while attending Brigham young university in Provo, Utah, that, that indicates to me that they are likely uh, a Mormon couple that would, right. And, uh, Glenn Beck and the amount of kids tells me the same. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, you're, you're either the Duggars or you're Mormon. Um, so, and Glenn Beck <laughs> is a well-known uh, Mormon individual as well. And he funded Tim Ballard um, in his effort after he heard about the whole situation uh, to continue that. This is interesting. Are the villains in the sound of freedom based on real people? Tim Ballard said, every bad guy is real. In fact, the movie was cut because it got too long. They had cards at the end telling you every bad guy is real. Every kid is real. And it told you where they are today. They had to cut it. It hurt. <laughs> so like, yes, uh, they, they were real. And yes, uh, for the most part, it says, is this movie's story of a woman posing as a talent recruiter and convincing a Honduran father to drop his daughter and son off at talent tryouts based in reality for the most part. Yes, a low in the movie, a lower middle class Honduran father is approached by a well-dressed woman posing as a talent recruiter who overhears his daughter singing at the market. The woman who is named Giselle should be named, named Ghislaine convinces the father to drop his daughter and son off at singing tryouts. The father arrives with his two children or was it appears to be an apartment filled with other children, tells the father to come back at seven. However, when he returns, he discovers a dark, empty room with no signs of his kids. The real story there was a former beauty queen who helped lure in the children. Her name was Kelly uh, Joanna Suarez, and she had been known as Miss Cartagena. 
She was one of five traffickers arrested on the island in that operation. Tim Ballard said that similar to the film, they would lure in the children by pretending to have a modeling agency. So, uh, yeah, he said that they play with sometimes. They bring a couple of things together that didn't happen that fast, of course. Some things are definitely overreported. Jim Caviezel makes me look way cooler than I am, I promise. But some things are underreported. Like he said, we didn't rescue 54 kids. We rescued over 120. And there's a documentary coming out uh, called Triple Take, which tells everything that happened on that island. So that's cool, too. There's more uh, follow-up coming on. Coming on yeah, that. I'm more of a documentary guy. I want to see, like, video footage. I want to hear the real person, you know? So, yeah. That'll be a good one. Tim Ballard has never killed anybody. But in the movie, Jim Caviezel kills somebody during the operation to save a kid. He said that did not happen. He did not kill anybody. Um, I'm surprised he was like, OK, with that, you know, for Hollywood purposes. I, I wonder, like, he wasn't didn't seem like he's too vocal about it. Like, yeah, I don't know. Um, interesting. It's interesting. How many children are trafficked each year? It says while researching the sound of freedom, true stories, the spectrum. We learned that according to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, approximately 350,000 children are reported missing every year. Of that total, an estimated 100,000 are being trafficked. So it says the 2021 Federal Human Trafficking Report stated that 57% of those people were minors. So the problem exists. Right. But when you hear 350,000, you think, well, where are all these kids going? Well, some of them run, are run some, some of these people are running away. Yes. You know, they're it's it's parental kidnapping and there's child uh, custody disputes happening. Broken homes. Yeah. yeah I mean, so this... there's there's those numbers are are big. But like they said, an estimated 100,000 are trafficked and only 57 percent of them of those are our minors. Now that's still 57,000 right. minors that are somehow being trafficked in and through our country for exploitive purposes. Does it say the United, it says it's United States then. I it mean, just says according to the national center for missing and exploited children. So, so they I'm say assuming national. Yeah. yeah. So an estimated 57. So an estimated 57,000 are, are minors and I, again I'm, I'm i wish they would break that down more into like socioeconomic class uh broken homes well here's away, here's those stats especially. there um the 27.6 million people people trafficked globally 20 percent of them being kids and in the, it's the u.s that has that that number compared to uh Compared to it, that's $150 billion a year business more than the NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL combined. It, yeah. it has eclipsed the illegal arms trade. And, so, and, and again, I, I, I'm, I, I hate doing this, but I really want to know the, st the actual statistics and what is meant by trafficking. If we, if we have to spectrumize it, if we have to categorize what it means to be trafficked, I'm okay with that. But see, this is the problem that we were having before. This is what we got hate for is that they refuse to do that because, again, this is a tax ma uh, money maker. Mm -hmm. So, and it's really, so I, I, I want, I want better statistics. I want to know where the real fucking problem is. I want to know where money should be spent to, to protect these children. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that you just say trafficking or traffic. 
I'm already supposed to have an idea of what that means, but that's honestly not exactly what it always means. Matter of fact, very little of that is actually what it means means. So yeah. I want I want better statistics. And the reason I want better statistics isn't because I want to disprove anything. It's because it's disingenuous to mm-hmm. to to make a spectrum of a problems just so that you can throw money at it mm-hmm. and say that, oh, here's the the the, uh, the all encompassing problem. Yes, it is a problem, but I it's not fair to the American people, to the people globally. For you to just say traffic, well, you can't you can't accurately us. fight a problem unless you accurately define the problem. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. So, uh, kind of wrap this little section up again. Read the whole article yourselves, guys. Like it, it explains all these differences because I think a lot of people think this whole movie is like, well, of course it's Hollywood. It's all embellished. It's not real. Most of it is, though. In this case, like a lot of a lot of it is. Um, But Ballard, in an interview with the Daily Signal, explained how the current lack of security at the border, which I find is interesting, is exacerbating the problem of child trafficking. So he says this is a quote from from Agent Ballard. The economy of pedophilia. The United States is the number one consumer of child exploitation material. We are the demand. So that means again, I don't mean to be a dick, but is that because the sheer population I mean, it's like saying, well, police pull over red cars more than any other. Well, yeah, that's because there's five times more red cars produced than, you know, yeah, yeah, yep. I'm sorry. I just want those answers. Right. We have greater access to Internet and materials and dark web or whatever else. So we can get more of it. So we are the ones that are consuming more of it. Yeah. No, I I mean, I control. I understand what you're saying. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of money to be made here. He says the United States also, according to the State Department, is in the top three countries for destination countries for human trafficking. So that there's every incentive to get children into America, into the black markets here of pedophilia. And so when Amazing. I found out the last couple of years that at least 85,000, I think it's much higher than that, that at least 85,000 unaccompanied minors have shown up at the border. Thousands of them, I've seen the CBP reports, are under five years old. Why is a three-year-old showing up at the border? Well, I can tell you why. Because they show up with a name, the name of a sponsor, that they're given by the trafficker. HHS gets the kids and they, by law, have to call the number. Hi, we have Jose Gonzalez, Mr. George Smith. Yeah, yeah, that's my kid. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) They used to actually fly down and have to pick the kid up. Not anymore. Our taxpayer dollars will now send the kid by plane or bus to this, quote, sponsor. No background check, no DNA, nothing. And they deliver the kids. Our taxpayer dollars are literally, for the first time in American history, our taxpayer dollars are going to facilitate the last leg of a child trafficking event. So that's I'm according to good for something. Ballard himself. So you can make you can say he's the liar or not. You can verify that information for yourself, whether or not you think that's really happening. Um, we uh, did interview. Uh, a whistleblower before um, on when, when I was on failure to stop, we interviewed a whistleblower about this and this is like, this is happening, right? This is, this is what is happening. We're, we're, we are not tracking these children well. And so we have become in the name of tolerance and inclusion and the American way we are paving, paving the way for kids to be harmed. 
Well, and we're paying. We have a really good vetting program. Mm Hmm. (laughs) Whew! All right, man. I haven't been paying attention, guys. I'm sorry if you if you were saying good stuff in the chat. I normally try to kind of like pick them up. I I I just haven't been able to pay much attention to the chat. Uh, I've been just kind of combing the article and keeping that moving. But, um, yeah. So. I would call this a feel good episode, really. Yeah, um, technically, yeah. more <laughs> of a rom com. <laughs> anyway, no, it's a it's a heavy one. Again, I wish we could do more. We can do. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Do whatever we want. Um, but man, I, middle I, I age rage like, show. <laughs> I I would like to I'd like to continue looking into this, man. This is a big deal for me. So, man. But I want more answers. I want good fucking answers, and I'm, I, but they just don't seem to be out there. So that's mm-hmm. frustrating for me. Yeah, question everything, bitches. That's question our motto. Everything, bitches. We've always said that. It's always, always, always. <laughs> Even when I wasn't questioning anything, as a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been our return episode of Off the Cuff since our vacation yeah. uh, last week, and here we are. So thank you, Sarah Kelch. Ryan Abernathy and Bosco for the quick little super chats. We appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who goes on Apple podcasts and Spotify does the ratings, the reviews, the follows, subscribes. We put the audio out on Thursdays. We do the live show here on YouTube on Wednesday nights, 7 PM Eastern. Uh, So yeah. And we could change the name of the show. Anytime we could change the format. We do whatever we want because it's our show. We're not beholden to anybody. No one's in our pockets. Yeah. We could even, if we wanted to name it like... Our hands are just in each other's pockets. That's it. Yeah, right? Wait. Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. We could even name our podcast like The Pedos. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm. the Pedophiles or something like that because we're so against it. You know what I mean? Something like that. Like, I'm, I'm spitballing, but it sounds good. You know? I'm going to have to... Pedophiles. Uh, let me sleep on that one. Um, okay, yeah. No, see. Fine. See, uh, let me chew on yeah. that. See what comes out of the. Well, other, it just it just shows where our our focus <laughs> is. So I just you know, just something I I just thought of for the kids two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. Well, we're uh, all headed to hell in a handbasket. All right, cool. Thanks for hanging in there with us, guys. We appreciate it, and we'll see you later. See you on top of the hill. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs>